everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. There are a lot of people in the photo industry that talk the talk. And for the most part, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you can get somebody fired up to work harder and be a better person by giving them some words of encouragement, good for you and them. But some people talk the talk because they walk the walk. There are some people who are really good at motivating you because they know what it's like in the trenches. Michelle Celentano is one of those people. She knows what it's like to hear that she can't do something, but she also knows what it's like to do that very thing over and over. My favorite quote from this chat is when she says, If you say impossible, I will show you possible. I hope that motivates you as much as it does me. Because coming from Michelle, it's more than just talk. Yeah, so just tell me who you are and where you're from and what you do. Okay. Um, Michelle Solentano. I am a portrait photographer. I specialize in families now. I'm in my 32nd year of photography. No. Yeah. Crazy, I know. Um, I started photography in high school. I fell in love with it. I was very average student. I didn't like school. I was always daydreaming out the window. Um, when it came to art class, I skipped school, hopped on a train, went to the museums in the city, thought, what's the purpose of looking at it in a book when I can just go see it live? I see. Yeah. So I picked up a camera. Actually, it started in junior high school, which oh I'd kind of forgotten about until my junior high school teacher reminded me oh. that I took photography in junior high and I hadn't, I didn't actually didn't remember it, but I picked up a camera again in high school I loved it. I actually stole my parents' camera out of their closet. You know, they had like back in the <laughs> 1990s, like, you know, an expensive DS, uh, SLR camera. Yeah. And I would take it out and shoot with it and then put it back and, you know. So you, you've like in your introduction, you've already talked about s skipping class and yeah. stealing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just a rebel. Yeah. So I would take the camera out and photograph my boyfriend at the time. And, uh -huh. um, yeah. and so once I graduated high school, I started college for sociology and political science yeah. and was quickly bored yes. and yeah, just bored. <laughs> and so I asked my parents if I could, um, go to school for photography. And, uh, there was a school in New York city, the Jermaine school of photography at the center for media arts. If I don't, if I say it fast, it comes like media arts, right. like very New York yeah. anyway. Um, so it was, um, it was a really great like two year program and it's where I learned fashion, commercial photography, large format, uh, camera, learned all about reciprocity and all that good stuff right. and, you know, right. measurements. Like I go way back, you know, cross-processed film and, uh, process slide film and, um, a sheet film, all that good stuff, printing. And then I worked in a lab while I was going to school. And so I was in the dark room all the time. I loved the dark room. And then, uh, after photography school, 
I got a job on a cruise ship as a cruise ship photographer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was a lot of fun, and it was an awesome way to get experience in the world of wedding photography, mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds, but you're photographing constant events all day, every day, um, for people who, this is a big lifetime event for them. Right. You know, some, t- some people have saved up their whole life to go on a cruise. Right. And you're doing formals, and we were shooting on film, spec, and I would bulk load thousands of rolls of film a week in the dark room. <laughs> and then we would, um, we would process medium format film from formal night while at sea dipping and dunking in formal wear. Is that right? Yeah, it was crazy. So we'd shoot formal night twice a week on medium format. And then um, we had to be dressed in formal wear also as the photographers. You did? Yeah. And then we'd take all the medium format film, run down (laughs) to the dark room while at sea, you know, and the ship is moving and I'm (laughs) dipping and dunking in the dark in a formal dress. Are you kidding? And the water is like... Yeah. I mean, that's how you can tell that the ship is moving, even if you don't feel it as much, that that water is always going to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then we, you know, print everything on spec and head to the galleries and sell them. And so (laughs) it, you know, it was like, it was awesome. It was fun. It was like kind of my, what I would call dorm days. Yeah. Because you're kind of on your way on the ship. and But I learned um, working under pressure, dealing with all kinds of personalities, um, printing on spec, selling, like it, it seems like it. It wouldn't be that kind of experience that really helped me in the wedding photography world, but it did. And when I was done with that, I came I came home. I'm originally, obviously, from New York, in case you can't hear that. <laughs> I live in Arizona now, but... <laughs> you can dive into that real fast. Real seamlessly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, really you, fast. You, yeah. And God forbid my mother's in the room and I have a glass of red wine. Then we're like, $4, a cup of coffee. Oh, my God. <laughs> it goes really fast. Do you have family still in New York? Yeah, my mom is in New Jersey and oh. still a lot of friends in so New York. So when you go back there, yeah. it's real easy to just fall back in. Completely. Uh, actually, as soon as I get off the plane in Newark, you turn into a New Yorker. Yeah. Like it's like you go from like being really relaxed Arizonian to like, all right, get out of the way. I got to go get my bags. <laughs> it's really funny. I love it. Yeah. And so uh, I started working as an assistant for wedding photographers, and I loved it. And I was at that stage of life, too. I was, when I came home from cruise ships, I was 21, 22. And, you know, I was young, friends were getting married, and weddings were just, it was my jam. And I was, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And I started working for other studios and quickly hated that because I don't really like being told what to do. Right. I'm picking that up. (laughs) (laughs) And I hated the shot list. And then I started studying and getting involved in local organizations. So the professional photographers great in New York and it was an old man's club, you know, Mm -hmm. back in 19, 1992, 93. And I was this young, energetic, kind of ballsy New York photographer. And I started studying, um, with the legends. I studied with Monty and Hanson Mm -hmm. and Don Blair and learning proper portraits. But then Dennis Reggie was really coming up and Gary Fong was coming up Mm -hmm. at the same time. And it was great because all the old timers were like that photojournalistic stuff is never going to fly, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, why not? And so I would start taking my 35 millimeter camera on jobs for other studios and just shooting 35 millimeter and showing them. And they were, they were like, why are you doing that? I'm like, look at this. This is gorgeous. Like you have a picture of grandma crying in church. Yeah. And they're like, that's yeah. never going to sell. And so I was like, I'm out of here. 
I'm just out. And so I started my own business. I think I was 24 Mm -hmm. and I worked for a really good friend of mine who was a children and newborn photographer, which back then was kind of unheard of newborn photography. And we shared a studio space because I wanted to photograph weddings and all she photographed was children and um, and babies. So it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I worked for her by day and by night I saw wedding clients and I started building my business and I, I loved it. I loved being my own boss and I loved, you know, sharing my space Well, sharing Susan's space really, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was awesome. And because I came in just at the exact right time when PJ was really coming up and the old timers were not embracing it, it worked for me. And I had the chops to do great portraits, but I could also do photojournalism. So I, my wedding business took off and I loved, loved, loved it. What was it like for you in those days to stand out as much as you must have? Cause not only were you a woman in a man's game, so to speak at yep. the time, especially an old man's game. Yep. So you were young, Yes. you were a woman mm-hmm. and you had a style mm-hmm. that was completely different and really looked kind of maybe looked down upon. It was. By all those dudes. It was. What was it like for you to be so different in that in that era in that time with those people you you were way different I was way different I mean <laughs> we're talking oh my gosh 27 years ago something like that um I was I was a little gutsy you know I was mm-hmm. like a little like why wouldn't you mix these genres like they are beautiful and I was getting work. I was busy. Yeah. But what really happened was I remember taking some of my first wedding proofs back when we had proofs yeah. um, to one of the meetings at the, you know, professional photographers of greater New York and showing my work to some of the old timers. And one man in particular, who I'll never forget, looked at me and said, you got paid for this. Oh, come on. No, I'm not kidding. And I was like, yeah, I just really want to know how to get better. And he was like indignant, like, I can't believe you got paid for this. This isn't professional. Oh my. Yeah. Did, did, did it, cause you know, that can go one of two mm-hmm. ways, right? Like yeah. you can feel defeated and you can, and you can go the give up sort of route. Right. Or you can go the other way yeah. and you went the other way. I did. Well, I mean, going back a little bit, it did kind of start with my parents because I asked to go to photography school and my mother said to me, this better not be an expensive hobby. Hmm. and how are you going to make a living as a photographer? And Those aren't no's, though. They're not no's. They're not. Um, but it's not exactly encouragement no. and support either. And then I overheard her on the phone telling one of her friends, well, you know, she it's not rocket science, but at least she's finally trying something. Like, oh, I had no Lord. direction. Okay. And, um, and yeah. my attitude has always been, I'll show you. Hmm. Don't, don't put a roadblock in front of me. Hmm. I will... I will shoot it down. I yeah. will surpass it. And then, and it's really funny because in later years, uh, some of the old timers at PPGMY, you know, the organization would, would be like, that's our Michelle Salantano. We raised her. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Now they take the credit. <laughs> you've had all this success and you've done all this stuff. And they're like, she started oh yeah, that's our, our baby. Yeah, yeah completely. That's our so it's, it's really funny, but, um, I think maybe part of being like an only child and just, I just okay, had a that, drive that, that helps. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to, I, I just wanted to stand on my own and I loved what I was doing. And you know, if you say impossible, I will show you possible. Your ears perk up at yeah. that almost. Oh yeah. When you hear that word. Yeah, completely. 
how how does how has that manifested for you since like you know past those early days like as you kept going and your business mm-hmm. was growing yeah because you most definitely had to run into some roadblocks time and again yeah the, um probably the next biggest roadblock was moving from new york to mm-hmm. arizona mm-hmm. Um, because i had a successful business and then i got pregnant with my daughter mm-hmm. and she was born in February of 2001, and we know what happened in September. Right. And I had... Uh, and you that, were there then? I was there, mm-hmm. yeah. And I actually had I had a 120-square-foot space in a building in New York City right next to Carnegie Hall to mm-hmm. meet with wedding clients because New York brides wouldn't go to, like, Staten Island. Like, right. The New They're York brides gonna, right. don't leave the island. Right. So if I wanted to continue working high-end weddings, which I did, I needed a space in New York City. Mm -hmm. So in 2000, 2001, 120 square foot room in New York was $2,400 a month. Come on. Nope. I'm not kidding. Even then. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was working for me, right? Because it was just with wedding photography, you don't really need a studio. You needed a showroom. Right. And so that's, that's what it was. And then September 11th happened and my daughter was nine months old and you know, like most New Yorkers, we just devastated. I mean, yeah. I shot weddings at Windows on the World, and it was part of my landscape. It was part of my life. And living on Staten Island at the time, we had a huge, um, a huge population of fire, firemen, police, yep. transit authority, and so every single day on Staten Island, it was just another funeral for months. And the landfill was there, so every single day we saw more pieces of the towers coming down our highway. So it's like a daily reminder. Daily reminder. Every day. Every day. Up. Every day. And um, and finally, I, I said to my husband at the time, um, I, think we, I think we need to move. And we had been looking for real estate in New York, and it was ridiculously expensive yeah. for what you were getting. And I had family that lived uh, in Arizona. And so I looked at my husband and I was like, if we're going to go and we're going to move, now's a good time to go. And I can, thanks to the internet back then and Pictage, which was a very new company, I was able to move and commute and go back east, stay at my mom's and shoot weddings and then go back to Arizona. And I built a brand new business in Arizona from scratch with nothing. I mean, no one knew me. Uh, We moved to a master plan community, which was very family driven. Mm. And the, the truth of the matter is I started shooting weddings in Arizona and I hated them, <laughs> which is really weird. I want to know why. Because they so were much. really boring, <laughs> right? Like I'm used to these big, huge ethnic productions yeah. in New York, yeah. like ridiculous budgets. Yes. I mean, you know, designer dresses, Vera Wang yeah. and, and, you know, 14, 18, sometimes hour days right. that were like energy to me right you know the music never stopped it was non-stop movement it was exciting you were going from like saint pat's cathedral to central park and hopping in limos and (laughs) i love that kind of chaos and that kind of pressure drives you it drives me and then we i went to arizona and everything all weddings are at the country club at sunset with the cactus in the background and people sit down and like eat for two hours and have conversation. And it was so boring. I don't know why. 
Right. I don't know why it's striking me so funny. It was, I was just like, are you kidding me? You call, you call this a wedding? This is like an afternoon brunch. Like I can't, there's nothing interesting going on here. It was terrible. <laughs> You're shooting a brunch. Pretty much. Like if I was home by eight o'clock, I was like, what is wrong with this picture? Like, where's the cigar bar and the Venetian hour? And why am I here? Yeah. Where's the after party and the rate? Like it was just, I was bored. I was really, really bored. That was the reason for you at the time Mm -hmm. to get, to move on from weddings, so to speak, was because you were bored. Yeah. And so couple that with... I've never heard that reason is why I'm... Isn't that crazy? I've heard a lot of reasons. Yeah. But not that one. And then I had... Well, by the time we moved to Arizona, so we... we after, In October 2011, we... No, 2001, sorry. Right, right. We flew out to Arizona and bought a house that weekend. Oh. Yeah. And we had to build it. So, you know, sure. six months later we moved. And my daughter was a year and a half old. So now all of a sudden I went from like... Yeah. that bridal part of my life to a mom yes. and I had a baby and in a new I, place in a new place that was very family driven. Yeah. And so I was like, Hey, maybe I'll start photographing children. Huh. And, and I started photographing children and newborns. And then I opened up my studio and I started loving that. And then I started liking being home on the weekends. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that I usually hear. Yeah. I was bored out of my mind. Like I, it was just the, it was the same thing over and over. You know, I mean, at least in New York, you had Greek weddings and Italian weddings and you had amazing Jewish weddings and there was always something different always. Right. Right. But here in Arizona, it it was country club, golf course, cactus, sunset. Well, in New York, it was, it was always an experience for you too. Yeah. Not just, you know, everybody at the wedding and the bride and groom in particular, but for you as a photographer, it It, was always a big deal. It drove my artistic and like, I'm an under the pressure person. Like I love working under pressure. Like I feel like I perform best then. If you give me loads of time and just, oh, here, just play. I'm like, mm, yeah, no. It okay. totally reminds me of Goodfellas. Have you ever seen Goodfellas oh, yeah. with Henry Hill? And then <laughs> at the end, he's in witness protection and he's in like a Levittown house out in the middle of the desert. You know, probably in, you know, out here somewhere right. is what they imply. Yeah. And he comes walking out of his house in his robe to get the paper. Yes, and, I totally remember. You know, he's like, he's like remembering all the times that he had, you know, in the city yeah. when it was like being cr- in that crazy, amazing world. Right. And now this is what he has now. Yeah. But you're, it was a little different for you mm-hmm. because instead of walking outside and picking up a paper, you had a little baby. Yeah. Too. So the mom thing was also happening then. It was happening. Um, it And it was amazing and unexpected. I never planned on having children. Oh, you didn't? No, I never had that like motherly instinct to I have see. kids. I was really focused on my career and, yeah. um, but you know, life, it happens, life happens. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with her as this little person. And mm-hmm. then I thought, wow. And I loved, then I started loving children and loving photographing children oh, and yeah. building a business like that. And the business started in my house. Yeah. So I had a little office and then we had like a big, like a uh, open concept living dining room that I transformed into a studio. Mm. And I thought, okay, okay I, can't, I can't work from home anymore. <laughs> Mostly because yeah. I, I didn't want people ringing my bell on Sunday. Like, are my oh, pictures ready? All the stuff that happens all when you have a home based business. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. got a space and, um, 2000 square foot studio and I built it all natural light wow. because that's all I was used to shooting. Right. So it's so funny because over 30 years in the industry, I'm, 
just in the last two years learning to shoot with strobes. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's kind of cool. It is cool. Right? I mean, yeah. there, there's, it's what you were, you were in the biz for almost 30 years mm -hmm. and now you're doing something completely, completely different. Completely different. And right. it's exciting now to me. Right. I mean, before I was like, Ugh, I'm an all natural light photographer. <laughs> right. You know, I was like so bougie right. about it. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, so then children get older and yeah. then they have siblings and then they turn into families and, mm -hmm. um, and then high school seniors, which was hi, high school seniors was totally foreign to me. Um, New York, New Jersey, they, they don't have a senior market there. Right. I'd never heard of high school senior portraits until really I moved to Arizona and people were like, Oh, you can, you know, get into seniors. And I was like, wow, that's a really great idea. I'd never really thought about photographing elderly people. That is what happened to us when we came to New York to give a presentation. We talked about seniors. Yeah. They thought the whole time mm -hmm. we, we found this out later. They thought the whole time that we were talking about the elderly. Right. And that's what I thought. It was, it was insane. Yeah. Cause we didn't, it, it, being from the Midwest, which right. is booming seniors booming we didn't think of it any other way right, right. so you have to say high school, high school seniors yeah <laughs> anyway so they started to come my way and it's crazy because i mean you've been around long enough to know you photographed infants that are now coming to me as high school seniors Happening right now as we speak yeah and i'm like wait i didn't age a day i don't know how you aged 18 same. years yeah what the heck happened <laughs> And so then it really started to turn into families mm. and the more my own family developed and I have a crazy family history. Um, so we'll just backtrack a little bit. I grew up in the basement of my grandparents house in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. My mother was a single mom. So and my dad disappeared right out of the gate. I, oh. I never saw him. You never knew your dad. Never. Oh. And so my grandparents were everything to me. Oh. My mom worked full time in the city and they took me to school. They picked me up from school. My hmm. grandmother had dinner on the table every night. So I actually feel like my grandparents were my parents mm -hmm. and I have no portraits with them. Zero. Mm. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. I say all the time, if a fairy godmother came down and said, I'll grant you one wish, oh. It would be to go back in time for one hour and be photographed with my grandparents. And I would give you a limb. Mm. I would, if I had to exchange a limb, I've already figured it out. It'd be my lower left leg because <laughs> I need my right leg to drive. I need my arms to shoot. Oh. Um, like, yeah, it breaks my heart. Oh. And I think that's why like my deep love of family portraits, yeah. especially if you give me a set of grandparents. Yeah. I'm mush. mush. You, have, you have a very specific reason. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Very personal reason. Very personal. Yeah. And um, I make sure that my daughter's photographed with... So I'm divorced from my first husband, yeah. um, who is... I call him my starter husband. And now I have a forever husband. <laughs> okay. And he knows that, so I'm not saying anything like he doesn't know. Right. And this isn't a surprise. Yeah, no. And we've remained amazing friends. We live Good. a mile apart from each other. And my daughter goes back and forth. Wonderful. And, yeah. And I have photographed her with her dad and her stepmother and her step siblings yeah. for 10 or 11 years now. Great. And so actually after the 10th year on the 10th year that I was doing it, we decided to do a group of all of us. So Anna, that's with cool. Everyone. So yeah. yeah. So my daughter has this amazing portrait with both her parents, her step parents, her step siblings, and then her step siblings, dad. So her stepmother's ex-husband, mm -hmm. And his husband. Oh, wow. Put that you, together in your you brain. You brought everybody in. 
this. Yeah, because why not? And it was so important to me. Because everyone's connected. Everyone is connected. And I feel like at at the end of life, when you miss somebody, all we want to do is find photographs of them. Mm. When they're gone, mm-hmm. that's the number one people. That's what th- you do. That's what people look for. Yeah, they look for photographs of the people they love. Yes, and I want to make sure I do that for people. Mm. That no one ever feels like I felt like I wish I had more pictures with the people I love the most. Right, and so that's what drives me. That's a powerful motivating mm-hmm. factor. Yeah. So, what are the challenges that you face today? Mm-hmm. Because now you're you've been you're established in Arizona, yeah. But what sort of challenges slash let's call them roadblocks sure. again do you face today? Yeah, I think the real challenges started to come with the digital transition. So and 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and just making that switch, and again coming from like, oh, this is never you know, this is, this digital thing's a fad. We did hear that. Yeah, I remember did. that too. Yeah, I remember feeling that. I was like, nothing could ever replace film. Did you, did, so you were one of those that really thought that was the case. Yeah, I did. I was like, there's nothing, and going again to the beginning of digital when it was like, you know, 0.5 megapixel. Right. You know. Well, no, back then it, it then it did seem like it because right. like, this is junk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was like, how are you going to replace black and white film? Like, right. you can't do it. And so, um, but I think the real transition came with um, the recession and the crash. Hmm. And what happened was a, l- a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. And moms had cameras. Yeah. And they needed to supplement income. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, I can shoot pictures for my friends for 100 or $200. And if I do that five times a month, that's an extra $1,000 yeah. a month to help feed my family. That's all true. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily people wanted to really start a career and become a career photographer and sell quality work. They were looking for supplemental income. They were looking for supplemental income and it flooded the market and it devalued professional photography Hmm. and it drove prices down. And in, in the same turn, your clients aren't making as much money. Right. Right. Like they're losing jobs. Right. They can't hire them too. Right. They can't hire expensive or quality photographers and but they still want that christmas card so you know what i can't afford michelle this year Mm -hmm. but my neighbor can just give me some digital files for a hundred bucks i really feel like that has made a turn because what i saw happen with that is and we had to ride that wave right and we had to like structure our businesses a little bit different we had to really educate clients and i uh, here's what i think happened people are missing photographs for a certain period of time because all they got was digital files yeah and there is a piece of people's lives that are missing on paper that's very interesting yeah right and now i think people are starting to realize like oh we don't really have any pictures right and i don't know where christmas from 2013 is right it doesn't exist because even if you had them done that way you don't know where they are right. or they're on a disc somewhere sure. or, or a zip drive or they're gone <laughs> they're gone now. Right, because right. you never printed anything. Right, because you had them, and you knew that at yeah. some point you could print them, but you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. I also think that same phenomenon helped drive the quality of professional photography up. Yeah. Because people who really had businesses and knew they needed to survive past that point thought, "I need to raise my game." 
I can't be producing crap work that maybe the kid down the street can. I need to up my lighting game. I need to understand posing. I need to know how to make moms look good. And we went towards that lifestyle family photography for a while. Mm -hmm. And that lifestyle, it's beautiful. And it works with young families. It doesn't work with a woman my age with Mm. teenagers. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. Like women my age who have had three children or, you know, they are feeling 20 pounds overweight or they feel older. They want to look beautiful. You're absolutely right. And so we went through that lifestyle stage. And again, it's great if you have infants and young kids at home and you do the stuff on the bed and that's all wonderful. Right. But your teenagers aren't going to be bouncing around on the bed with you laughing in the back. I mean, that's just not how, because that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It happens with your little ones. Right. So there was this missing piece of like, you know, more mature moms with teenagers or, you know, 10 year olds, eight year old, whatever, older kids going to high school, seniors, college, where beautiful, well done, well styled, well posed professional portraits started to stand out. And if you wanted something really special and done right, we had to educate the client. Like, you know, well, I don't like the way I look in pictures. Well, of course not, because it wasn't done with the right lens, the right, right camera height, and the right, right. lighting, the and right no one posed you yeah. correct. Right. Right. And you paid $125 for a disc. Yeah. And I right. think now people people are really starting to see the difference, mostly because we have to educate people. Yeah. And we have been. And I really think so. So for the people who got really down and out, like, oh, the recession and all these newbies mm. and they're killing the industry and the industry's dying. <laughs> and right. to me, I'm like, hopefully I can say this. I'm like, bullshit. Right. No. I don't I don't buy it. Right. You know, you're giving up. You're. Yeah. See, there you are again. You didn't choose yeah. the giving up. You went the other way. Yeah. No. Huh. It's like you're either going to compete or you're going to dominate. Which one? And right. if you're trying to compete with 50 other people in town doing crap work for $125 and not really servicing their client, you're not going to compete. But you will dominate if you up your game, right. if you increase your skill level, if you learn new techniques, if you know how to pose women, if you know how to make all moms look good, you will dominate. And and I, and I see that happening now. You see it at conferences. People want to learn more. And even if... You know, people feel like the industry is shrinking, but I don't, I don't think so. I think the cream of the crop are rising. Huh. I like that. Yeah. It's a very positive outlook. I think that's true. It, it also makes me think that, I mean, I, I want, this is my theory that like the, like the middle class, so to speak right. of photographers mm-hmm. is like, if that's where you want to be, that that's going to be a tough place to be. Completely. We're on the same page there. I'm because I'm, I'm wondering it more than like stating it. Absolutely. Sometimes I state it, but absolutely. You can look around at retail market in general and yeah. how. Yes. If you look at you, you're either going for you know like a Walmart or you're you're going to a higher end store. Right. Like there's not a huge amount of middle ground. Yeah. Um, the middle ground is shrinking. Right. So you're either going to be at a lower level or you've, you have to rise up. And Is that choose part something of the different. reason for you getting into strobes yeah. recently? Yeah. Well, a couple of reasons. So there's obviously two parts to my career. There's my studio and you know what I do every day for clients, right. but I've been an educator for 20 years. Yes. And so part of my career is education and I love the education part for me. 
it's not an option. It's a responsibility. Mm -hmm. It was done for me. And if it wasn't done for me, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Right. Uh, and I feel like if this industry is going to survive and thrive, the people with experience need to educate these, these young photographers coming up, wanting to make a career, um, be better than everyone else. Yes. Learn lighting. And it's been so much fun for me to learn lighting. And I call up all my good friends. I'm like on the phone with Tony Corbell, like, can I come to a lighting workshop? (laughs) You know? And he's like, you don't need me. I'm like, I do. I really never learned strobes. Like, um, you know, just, I, I buy online classes right. and I'll sit and watch them like right. everyone else because right. as an educator, if I'm not improving my work and my game, I'm useless. Right. Like you can't keep teaching the same thing over and over. Right. Um, and if you're not growing as a professional, how do you expect the rest of the industry to do that? Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So I'm loving strobes and I'm like, they're so much more fun than I thought they were. I was afraid of them, you know, because again, I was so like... I'm so natural light. But were you, did you have the, I'm so natural light attitude mostly because you were afraid of the alternative? Oh yeah, totally. So <laughs> Full of shit, you know, like, yeah, of course. Um, cause it seemed really scary at the time. Right, right. And, right. You but know, you don't say that. You don't say, well, the reason I'm a natural light photographer is because I'm of scared of everything not. else. You put, you spin it yeah. and present it in a way that, well, I'm a natural light photographer. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but I, honestly, being digital and learning strobe is so much easier than trying to learn strobe on film. That's tr- yep. That's true. You can make mistake after mistake, tweak right. your light, turn your light, look yeah. right then and there. Yeah. You can, you know, increase the when when I first started learning, it was light ratio and distance from the light to the nose and back this light up and Well, even you know. sh- even watching Joel Grimes, we watched Joel Grimes shoot yesterday yeah. on stage. Yeah. And it's for him, it's just like, oh, let's tweak this. And then he takes a shot, looks at it. No, let's tweak this. Yeah. And you can do that. Right. Where And I, a lot of people don't remember this or understand right. this, but to do that on film was just impossible. Impossible. Unless you were shooting Polaroids. Yeah, but the, even that's right. a little bit different. And then it's still costing you money Absolutely. every time. Yeah. Um, I think one of the first, the one of the first online lighting series I watched was Felix. Felix yeah. Kunz. Yeah. And that dude made it so easy. (laughs) He's like, okay, so, you know, set your camera so that with no lights, when you take a frame, it's dark. (laughs) Okay. I got that. Start there. (laughs) Right. Then turn on your main light or turn on your fill first and see how much fill you're getting. Right. Oh yeah. I can see some fill light in there. Oh, easy. And then, okay. Turn the fill light off, turn your main light, then turn them on. Oh my God. Thank you for making it so easy. It's like Legos almost. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a techie. I'm not a science math person. I'm not an engineer. Like just give me some easy tools. And he did that. And so it, it made it like, Oh, I could really do this. And and now I can get more complicated because when you start with the basics, then you can add on and you can learn. And, but in the beginning it's like, you know, you need a four to one ratio and the backlight needs to be four feet, two inches from the background. You've already lost me. I'm done. Yeah, when you say the word ratio, even I'm just like, okay, now right. I'm back in math, and yeah. it's freaking me out a little bit. And I always used reflectors, like people used lights. Yeah, you know, I understood light direction. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't understand. I used reflectors like other people used strobes. Sure, I could reflect under the chin from yeah, the side. I could do subtractive right. lighting. Like right. I knew lighting, I just didn't understand like 
the whole strobe thing. You were intimidated by something that you had just never learned about. Correct. Period. Yeah. How much when you watch another educator like Felix or Joel or somebody else, how much do you take that in and then process to use to then educate too? Because you're right. learning. Yeah, I'm But learning. you're also learning for the ability to then teach too. Yes. And I haven't done any lighting teaching. I don't feel okay. capable yet. Mm -hmm. um, I can teach posing all day long. Yeah. That's Standing your, on my that's head. Your jam. That's my jam. <laughs> um, I can teach body sizing, puzzle yeah. pieces. Yeah. I can teach you how to put a group of two to 400 together yeah. in no time at all. Right. I can teach you how to use chairs, armchairs, no chairs mm -hmm. on the floor, posing stools, couches, tables, anything. Right. You can throw anything at me and I can pose it. No right. problem. Right. So. I'm really good at teaching that. And I won't teach lighting for family portraits until I feel really, really strong about it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's fair. Right. Right. But I will get there. I, I don't doubt that you will. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. I love to teach. I'm truly just a frustrated Broadway actress. You know, again, growing up in New York. Yeah. I saw my first show when I was seven. It was Annie. And I was like, I want to be on that stage. Oh, Really? Yo, know, completely. So and that's a piece of the, your motivation too. Yeah, yeah. To and, get up there and, 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 and teach. Yes. People ask me all the time, do you get nervous before you speak? I'm like, yeah, only if all the seats aren't filled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it annoys me if there's empty seats. Like, right, uh, right. But, right. Um, but I just, I love seeing light bulbs go on people's faces. I go, like that. Part. Yeah. That's like when they awesome. like, oh. Yeah. You know, when I teach body posing and puzzling, and using the body as literally a set of puzzle pieces to mm -hmm. put people together. And you see like people go, oh, yep, wow. Yep. And, and you I, can watch them get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, you know, teaches people to see shapes in bodies. Yes. And how to pose a pear-shaped mom mm -hmm. as opposed to a round-shaped mom. Sure. And to, I think to even talk about body sizing but you know society has become like no body shaming no this no that like don't yeah. talk about anybody's shape but when you're posing people you gotta talk about that yeah you have to talk about body size and yeah. it's not in a shameful way it's a I don't work with models. I work with everyday families. Right. I'm not a fashion photographer. I have moms in all different sizes and shapes. Right. And I need to know how to make every single one of them look good. Right. Because in the end, mom is buying because she likes the way she looks and she's proud of her family. But if mom doesn't like the way she looks. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right. Right. And the 100% of the time moms say to me, I really want to have a family portrait done, but I want to wait till I lose like 10 pounds. I hear it all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. And I look at moms and I say, have you ever looked at a portrait of someone that you really love and thought, dang, you should have waited till you lost some weight. Right. Oh my goodness. And That's they look such at, a good way to put it. And they look at me like, I'm yeah. like, when people love you, they don't see what you yeah. feel insecure about. They yeah. just want to have pictures with you. Right. And again, my grandmother hated the camera. Yeah. She would put her hand up and turn her face. And she was a teeny tiny my, little mine woman. Mine did the same. Yeah. Yep. And because of that, we don't have enough yeah. pictures of her. Yep. And, and, and truthfully, someday your kids are going to be looking for pictures of you. Mm -hmm. They will. You're going to be looking for pictures of your parents or grandparents or whoever was important to you. Yeah. Like your kids don't care. And oh, by the way, I can take 20 pounds off in the camera without Photoshop. Right. I can, you know, well, can you make me look younger and thinner? I'm like, yeah. By how much? How far you want to go? <laughs> right. I got you. You know? Yeah. So, 
And I think that as photographers and business owners, we can't be like, oh, here's my pretty pictures. Please buy them. Yeah. We have to be like, no, no, no. I'm a professional. Right. I have studied posing for almost 30 years. Yeah. I know how to take any body and make it look amazing. Right. Don't worry. I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, and mom's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like you're used to seeing yourself on a crappy phone camera right. with bad lighting and a bad camera angle. Right. right. That is not professional no. anymore. No. Or ever was, right. but right. you know, keep that in mind. And yeah. you know, people are like, oh, all your moms and your portraits look so beautiful. I'm like, you think they showed up that way? Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot to be said. It's, it's part. It, it's part of your job. Yeah. To do that. Right. Right. And if it's not, you you should make it part right. of your job. Absolutely. To do that. Yeah. Right. And people are afraid of that. Most students I see today, I will say to them, "What's like your number one fear? Opposing groups." It's that, easy to pose one person. Well, but it's the same, right? With right. you and strobes, yeah. they're, they're afraid of it right? because they don't know they how don't to do it. it. They've never really jumped in to right. learn. Yeah. So you're afraid of what you don't know sure. how to do. And people will say, well, how do you pose a family of four? I'm like, well, let's break this down. Right. What are the ages of the kids? Right. What? How tall is dad? How, yep. What size is mom? Like, yes. do we have posing chairs? Like, they want a formula. Right. I'm not going to give you a formula, but I'm going to give you a set of tools there you go. so that you understand body shape, size, yeah. where to place it in a portrait, and then how to use body parts mm-hmm. to uh, camouflage, hide, you know, uh, you know, enhance, right. um, create triangles with elbows, you know, having mom lean over shoulder, um, you know, I and and it's like men are fairly easy overall because men traditionally, I would say like 90% of the time, men tend to gain, gain weight in the same area, mostly belly. Yeah. I think I know about that. <laughs> like you rarely see a man with like a pear shape. Look around. It's very difficult to find a man in a pear shape. Okay. So that, that's the easy part yeah. posing a man, but yeah. women are, there's so many different more there's so many more different women shapes than yeah, there are men. That's true. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, when we can identify that and talk professionally open about it, like when I'm teaching, I'm like, don't say to your client, okay, you're round shape. I'm right. going to put you here. But when you are, yeah, lo- you don't need to tell them what, why you're doing what right. you're doing. But right. as educators, right. As educators, <laughs> I have to identify that. Yeah. You need to know yourself. Right. You, you have to be able to identify what to do when a woman is very large chested sure. and she can't lean over because her body is literally in the way. Yeah. How do you pose that body? Yeah. Um, how do you pose a large chested woman with a tall man who has what I like to call, you know, bread, pasta, beer body, mm-hmm. like, you know, and mm-hmm. what do you do to make those people look good? Yeah. And that's what I love teaching. Where, where do people or where can people go to find you and this information or yeah. any of your stuff? So the Portrait Masters on their website has uh, my course, which is, and you can find it at familyposing.com, which is super easy. Mm-hmm. And there's an entire course. We spent two weeks shooting this course, which was so fun. And we go from, you know, posing two to 20 something people and 
once you understand those principles, you can just keep going. Right. And uh, we break down body shapes. We talk about developmental stages of children, what you can expect from a two-year-old as opposed to a five-year-old. Mm, interesting. Um, when you're a family photographer, you have to understand these things. Right. You know, you're not just dealing with a fashion model who right. is trained to pose. You have cranky kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I always tease, I say, when you know moms call and they're like, oh, I have a two-year-old, I hang up. <laughs> and then they call back and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. We were disconnected. I'm like, no, I don't photograph two-year-olds. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like sort two, of. <laughs> two-year-olds and dogs are like the same. But, yeah. you know, yeah. what do you do? How do you um, get the attention of a two-year-old? How yeah. do you, you know, uh, deal with five-year-olds and then moody teenagers and kids who are feeling, you know, s- self-conscious about acne or, you know, wearing the same color palette as their parents have on. Like there's all this psychology that goes with it. You know, dad is usually like, okay, I'm doing this for my wife. Okay. Whatever. And mom is usually like, are my kids behaving? Is my husband acting like an ass? Is my hair? Okay. (laughs) Is my makeup running? Is my necklace on straight? The Mom's got so much going on. So much going on. And so (laughs) you walk in, you have to calm her. You have to say it's all okay. And then, you know, the parents who are completely wrapped up in their self identity is like how well their child is behaving yeah and so you know you have the mom over your shoulder and you're like okay you know johnny turn your face this way and mom's like turn your face this way johnny do it and and you're like mom please just back off mom stop let me do this and then i always like to look at the kid and go are they like this all the time (laughs) and the kid's usually like wide-eyed and like you get me yeah and then i've got a connection so it's actually almost funny when parents do that because then i'm like I got you, kid. Well, you know what to do even right. when that happens yeah. is the point. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. experience, you know. Yeah. People are like, well, how, how, you know, how, how, how do you get posing down so fast? Practice. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the 10 times rule. Yeah. You've done it a few times. Yeah. You yeah. got to do it over and over and over and over again. You know, grab your friends, grab your family, grab your neighbors. I don't care. Just, you know, practice posing. Yeah. It, it, it does. It just takes practice. Like I see things and it happens so quickly for me and because I've done it a million times and that's, that's what you have to do a million times every day. <laughs> this, this, this was really great. I'm glad. Thank you for doing this. Thank yeah. you for sharing. You shared some really, really big stuff and I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, I hope that people flood your website. It's such a fun series. Yeah. I, my heart, blood, soul, tears, everything is in, is in there. I, I feel like as an educator, you just, you, you give it all. You have to, like, I want this industry to not survive. I want it to thrive. I want it to dominate. Professional photography has, is, it's important. It's our history. It's documentation. It's, um, it's what people look for when, when they've lost people. Yeah. So very true. I take that with me literally every day. I see it. I do. I see it in your face. Cool. Thank you for joining me once again. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of the day. I will.